Hi guys, and welcome to another edition of uh, Humans of Finance with me, Dan. And I've got a special guest today, uh, Anita Marshall. Um, Anita, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel very privileged. Well, I, I, I'm giving, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very privileged and I'm very honoured to have you on board because the feedback within um, the community, quite a few people said that you give your time um, pretty generously. Uh, just to help them, people you don't even know, which is, um, you know, I, I guess that's what the essence of the community is, but not a lot of people live by that essence. And, and I, I just want to say thank you. Um, but I, I guess the, the, the catalyst for this call um, or this conversation was, this is your um, 17th year in yeah. the industry? Yes, it is. And um, just to backtrack a little bit, thank you for that. Thank you. But yes, I think it's really important to give back in all areas of life and I love our finance and coffee group and happy to give back and I'm also happy you know to to share my knowledge and ideas because I'm very passionate about the broker industry and yes 17 years this month which is a very long time in the industry but I don't know I just love the industry and and occasionally I go through phases where I'm like I don't want to do this anymore it's horrible (laughs) But then, what else am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So I'm, I'm going to get into how you started, right? Because I get, I guess that's what the whole point of human finance is about. About you, Anita. How did you find yourself in finance in the first place? You know, was it was it something you grew up in? You know, maybe in school you thought I want to go work in finance, or, or no, or was, no. So I actually started out my career as a travel agent. I was a travel agent for Harvey World Travel in Nelson Bay many years ago and then went and worked for a different travel firm and then switched to a travel firm called Companion Travel, which was attached to Companion Credit Union. And Companion Credit Union had a, they were actually a Northern Miners Credit Union at the time and they switched to Companion and they're now Beyond Bank. They merged with Beyond Bank. And I really enjoyed when the credit union was flat out because I'd go around there and there was far less compliance back in the day. And Mm -hmm. I'd go around there and jump in and help the tellers on payday when they were flat out doing deposits and withdrawals. And (laughs) I realised that I enjoyed the finance industry a lot more than I was enjoying the travel industry. And I've got a major passion for travel, but I didn't like working in that industry one little bit. Hmm. And I soon realised that I had a huge passion for the credit union and there was a little branch in a place called Raymond Terrace in New South Wales that they were going to close the branch down and they needed someone to be the manager until they closed it. And I said, well, I'll do that. And the general manager at the time, Walt Gillard, who, who I believe was a catalyst for, you know, helping me change my career path in life and really helping me a lot, um, said, well, you don't know anything about the credit union. How are you going to go and manage a branch? And I said, well, I know how to do a deposit and I know how to do a withdrawal and I'm happy to learn. Yeah. So he threw me in at the deep end, went and worked in the little branch at the credit union. Instead of closing the branch down, we actually ended up opening a bigger branch. So oh. I worked really, really hard to turn that branch around because I was so passionate about what I was doing. And and I still am really passionate about what we do. You know, everyone that works in finance is helping to create a dream for somebody. And I think that's the most passionate part of, you know, that's why we have a passion for what we do. 
Wow, that's amazing. I was going to stack a step back as well, though, because to me, that, that, that's pretty ballsy. You've, you've effectively left a job to go and do another job, which you thought was going to finish. Yes. In, but you still did it, which is amazing. Yes. Well, the thing was, no one else wanted the job. So he said to me, you can have the job and I'll guarantee you a job at the end, but not. I won't tell you which branch. I'll fit you into the, the company somewhere because I know you're a good hard worker. Yeah. I won't guarantee you where. So I kind of wasn't going there without any stability. Yeah. But I was so determined to make that branch work because I just loved it and it wasn't too far from home. So, yeah, it was, um, it was great. I enjoyed it and I thank him so much for the opportunity because that would not happen now. You would not be allowed to go and be a travel agent one day and managing a branch doing loans a week later. <laughs> no, you know, you wouldn't, would you? And, and no. it's, it's sort of like, I I guess the, the whole, um, you know, someone giving you the chance to put your foot in the door and they just, you know, to run with it. It's it's almost, it almost sounds like a, a, a unicorn story these days, whereas yes. know, it happened a lot back in the day, right? Um, yeah, well, that's we're talking like I worked for them for 16 years, so we're talking a long time ago. And you know, loan applications were a lot easier as well. There was one form that you filled out and you supplied a few pay slips, and that was about it. So the, yeah. the landscape was very different, but yeah, it was a great opportunity, and I'm so glad that that was given to me. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so then, um, obviously, I've known you as a finance broker. Yes, what, what led you to go, you know, what. I'm kind of sick of my, you know, safe salary. I'm going to do something that I'm not guaranteed any income for a while. Yeah, so it was mainly a money-orientated thing. So um, I'd gone through a divorce and was trying to raise a two-year-old son on my own. Um, you know, I was earning very... Look, I say it was very low wages. And the, the CEO of Beyond Bank sent me a message the other day and said, our wages weren't that low. And I said, well, maybe they weren't, but they were for me. Mm. You know, it, it's all about lifestyle. And by the time I started my own mortgage broking business, my son was seven and I'd managed to rack up a $16,000 credit card completely maxed out. I had wow. a personal loan. I had a, a, a home loan, a car loan, and I had, you know, the bad hair, the hairdresser with the bad hair. I was the finance yeah. with the bad finances and I just thought, you know what, this is a mess and I know better than this, but mm. I can't make my lifestyle work on the income that I'm on. So I decided to do a diploma in business management and then started studying because I'd never done any type of formal qualification whatsoever. I'd gone from being a travel agent to managing a credit union branch and doing loans, but I didn't have anything on paper. So. I went and did my Cert 4 in finance. I did a diploma in business management through a uni course. And then I took the plunge. So I took long service leave from the credit union and that's where I got my money to start the business. I still was drowning in debt. Mm -hmm. My uncle, who's a mortgage broker in Melbourne said, Anita, you're crazy. You're not gonna be able to, um, you know, turn that amount of money that you've got. I think it was about $15,000 I started my business on it's not going to work and I'm like no it's going to work <laughs> yeah. so I just worked really hard and what I did was I had some little flyers made up I made some information packs I went out to every single real estate agent in our little community all the conveyances solicitors accountants and dropped off information packs and 
instead of just giving them to them in the pack, which is still my number one tip for new brokers out there, hmm. put it in a hanging file. They won't throw it out in a hanging file. They'll pop it in their drawer. And uh, yeah, I just introduced myself to everyone. And the very first loan that I did, I was so excited. I went to see this lady and I got to her house and she said, look, I've already had two other brokers come and tell me that they can't do this. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, if two other brokers that have know what they're doing can't do it what am I, what hope have i got but i shopped mm. around for her and the first loan i did was through liberty we got her approved and then that sort of set uh the benchmark for this girl knows what she's doing and works really hard to make it happen for her clients and i've still got that reputation and yeah i think that's really what my business has been built on word of mouth and really looking after our clients wow so so you you did essentially what the you know i suppose you call it um pounding the pavement really to get your 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 business up and going in the first place um whereas i think i'm not sure do, do you think many new brokers do that these days or at least new mm. many new businesses do that these days or do they do no or they... probably not <laughs> yeah so you know so... I social media has made our marketing a lot easier you can have you know a lot of Facebook we do a lot of work with Facebook now and mm. um, yeah but I mean you know I think that if you were a brand new broker in town there's nothing wrong with that pounding the pavement strategy and I'm a huge believer in networking getting into your local networking group getting to meet local business people it's about forming a reputation around what you do and becoming really well respected in your industry mm -hmm. um, there was a facebook post done in port stevens so i'm actually located on the gold coast now but i've got my office still in port stevens which is where i lived until two years ago and a post in facebook uh, where someone was asking for a recommendation of a broker and there were about 60 comments and i'd say at least 40 were mine well that didn't get built up by sitting at the office hoping that someone was going to ring my phone. Mm. So, you know, it's about networking, getting out and about meeting people, making sure you're giving great customer service, keeping in touch with all the key stakeholders in a transaction when they're going forward and, yeah, doing lots of little things. Wow, there you go. So um, the other thing I got from what you just said before is, you know, um, you started out when your, your, your kid was very young. Yes. Did you did you find out how to put it? Because because recently um, I've got another broker in Melbourne um, who has two young kids, and she's found it incredibly hard to go and network in, in a professional sense, um, finding customers who are accommodating to have you know her you know dragging along one if not two kids is easy. She says. But it's actually trying to go out and go in the you know uh, PD days, um, or even get to to see bankers and so forth to actually learn about their products and policies. Did you face something that was similar, um, in back in the day, or yeah, when you first started out? Or look, there's always ways around it. So I, I remember that I would get up at four or three or four o'clock in the morning, and I'd be studying lender policies and trying to learn as much as i possibly could especially in the early days mm. and then 
you know, uh, yeah, I was probably a workaholic actually. If we, um, if we're honest, if you <laughs> have a work-life balance and do what I did, it's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. Um, look, as far as uh, with children under school age, I think it would be really difficult to attend in-person things. I think you'd probably have to be relying on Zoom and things like that. But mm. um, once the children are at school, so I used to work school hours uh, with as far as my appointments went. And then I'd do an occasional after hours and get my mum or a friend to come and look after Blake when I was, uh, you know, needing to be doing something after hours. So it is a bit of a juggle until they're able to look after themselves without a doubt. There's also some great benefits because as a mum, you, you can work school hours, you can be at the school to pick up your child from school, drop them off. You know, there's lots of advantages. You don't have to ask the boss whether or not you can go to a school function and all of those type of things. There's some huge benefits in our industry. It's a really wonderful industry for, for mums, I believe. Absolutely. Okay, so if you, where you are today, and if you met yourself, you know, when you first started out, is, it, is there anything you'd say to you, to the, you know, the younger you, <laughs> not to do? Or, I or probably you, or, told me I was crazy. There's never, it's never going to happen. <laughs> Uh, what would I tell myself? Look, mm. I think the best advice I could say is that it will be a roller coaster. There's really great times in our industry mm-hmm. and there's really challenging times. And after challenging times comes good times and sometimes you feel like quitting in the middle of a really horrible patch. And that's when you will, we, we see the, you know, some of the brokers that are ready to retire or they're not serious about their industry or part-time, that's when they drop off. And then when the good times come, it puts you in a better position again. So I think ride the roller coasters would probably be my best advice back to back to anyone that's starting, but also back to the younger Nita, would, that would be the best advice. And, and But you, you did stick it out. You, you worked your butt off. So Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so would you say at this moment in time, you know, obviously you said you're on the Gold, Gold Coast right now. Um, and your, and your business is still humming along back at your base. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, so I've got so, a small team that work for me now. and We have an office in Port Stephens and I actually own the office. So I, when I moved to the Gold Coast, I thought, no, I'll leave the office there because that's a very cost-effective way of me, um, you know, having, having a team. And I've got amazing team members. I would not be able to do this role without them. Mm-hmm. So I've left all my team there. We do a Zoom meeting every morning at nine o'clock. We work out have we got any fires, which is what we call fires <laughs> with dramas. Yeah. If fires, we need to discuss who's working on what, what are we doing, mm. and then that sets the intention for the day, and then off we go. And yep. yeah, it's working really well. Did you ever imagine you'd be able to do something like this back when you started? That you'd be able to you know work remotely and, and still have a team and still you know have a you know, I, I suppose you'd be having a lifestyle now no (laughs) no i would not have and i think you know the fact that we've been allowed to go on to to zoom capability for for meeting clients instead of that face to face has made a big difference because Mm. i was flying down there every couple of weeks to meet as many clients as i could face to face and chat and then flying back and it was just quite exhausting so zoom's Mm. been a wonderful addition to my business and Yeah, and look at the only other bit of advice would be to use a really good aggregator because when you have difficult patches, you need 
someone that's really on your side and you know I, i'm very blessed i've got afg and they've been amazing to me including this year when i've had i actually had a formal approval revoked on me this year oh. and yeah i had to get um some help from chris slater and yeah that team are amazing i think it's really important to have a good aggregator not just mm. a small one that no one's heard of that yeah, I yeah, but that, that, that's it. That, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll have to say this too. I mean, obviously, Chris Slater wouldn't have gone into bat for you unless he also believed what you were doing. Um, you know, and, and the quality of files and so forth. Because there's that. You know, there's everyone's going to think, oh, my, my, my decline should be reversed. But if, if my, my, the way I put it together or the way I presented it or. The, the 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 actual quality of the file itself is not up to scratch. I mean, it doesn't matter what Slater's going to do; it, it's not going to get approved, right? Oh so yeah, well, this a little is bit on that too. Circumstances, yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, I just think really at, at the end of the day, what we need is good support around us, great technology. Mm. You are going to have to work really hard, especially in difficult patches. And yeah, I think you know, there's lots of positives to the industry though too there's a yeah. lot of frustrated people at the moment we've got a lot of difficult difficult patches that we're experiencing with the turnaround times with the banks and the difficult process and ugh, but it'll get better <laughs> yeah absolutely um now just to finish off this conversation um again i just i just think you know there is a lot of fires going on at the moment um a, a lot of frustrated people a lot of people who are thinking of, of quitting the game um but the numbers are not lying i mean there's there's overall there's a there's a 24 percent increase across the board of applications going in and i think um would you say to people to hang in there would you say to, uh, to people or how would you how would you put it because we got yeah. in the background it's you know in victoria today as we go to recording it's the first day of lockdown again um, you know, all these, it was almost like spanners being thrown at people. Um, it, 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 some people, um, you know, unfortunately will not be strong enough to continue. Um, but others, you know, if you, how would you encourage them to keep going? To yeah, keep look, going? mental toughness is something that's definitely required in this industry. And I would encourage anyone that's thinking about dropping out just to try and hang in there and and use your mental toughness to to make it through this patch because as, and look especially for the victorian brokers they have had the worst year um it hasn't been an easy year for any of us so we went into covid lockdown all of us in i think it was april last year and we didn't know what our industry was going to look like i expected that we would not have a real estate boom and you know we'd be lucky to be writing any loans and <laughs> Yes, I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're expecting a 30% drop as yes. some, some, I think two banks actually publicly said that, um, two yeah. major banks. So, but here we are, it's the opposite. And look, I think there was a very few rare people that didn't think that was going to happen. And um, I think that, like I said before, that you have really great patches and you have really difficult patches. If you can make it through this, difficult patch using your mental toughness and just be as resilient as you can if something if a deal falls over look to the next deal just keep always work, working forward and 
One of my tips is that every single day do something that's going to improve your business that you haven't already done. Mm -hmm. And if you do that every day, you eventually see a turnaround in things starting to improve. And yeah, things will get better. I have no doubt about that. And yes, I've been broking for 17 years. And yes, this is the most difficult time that I've found in the broking industry. Um, you know, we've got a compliance nightmare with all the red tape around responsible lending and all of the paperwork you've got to do, blah, blah, blah. It's horrible. It's not a pleasant time at all. But if we all hang in here, it'll get, it will get easier. And on that, I need to thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being such a champion in the community as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for our community. I love it. No, thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye.